Hello everyone and welcome to our Christmas special of In The Saddle podcast and as usual I'm joined by Betfair's Mark Karofsky, racing pundit Izzy Phillips and former jockey Paul Callahan. Now before we get into the races that we're going to be previewing which will include the King George at Kempton, let's see how everybody's getting on. Uh, Mark I'll come to you first, how's it going, you uh, getting in the festive vibe? Um, yeah, looking forward to it, um, see the family over the festive season. I'm um, also looking forward to Boxing Day as well. Some quality racing there, hopefully you can get a couple of winners. Yeah, definitely got uh, some good action at Kempton. King George looks a stellar renewal this year. Izzy, what are you looking forward to over Christmas? How's it going? We've not had you on the podcast for a few weeks. Yeah, it's going good. I've still got a lot of um, wrapping of presents to do. So that's going to take up probably most of the rest of today. Um, but I'm, I'm really looking forward to Boxing Day. For me, it's just, I feel like it's some of the best racing. But yeah, so Boxing Day, it's always, to me, like as obviously as a racing fan, it just always, it tends to outshine Christmas Day a little bit. I'm just glad Santini isn't running this time to do my bollocks on Boxing Day. Chris Lodi told me to back Santini last time out. <laughs> He'll win the Ultima. He'll win the Ultima. It was a good run. He needs 10 miles. It's never going to happen. He he will do when he gets a a seven-pound claimer in the Ultima from the front. That's the plan. That's the plan. Anyway, enough about uh, painful memories for Mark. Um, Paul, how's it going? Are you keeping busy? Yeah, busy away. It's going well. Really brilliant now, to be honest. Uh, All the shopping done. Very busy. A bit of wrapping to do. Uh, between now and Saturday, but um, looking forward to it, looking forward to the racing, and it uh, should be a crack in 12 days. Yeah, should be. I've got to do my wrapping too, which, uh, yeah, be uh, like you, lastminute.com. But yeah, um, racing is what what's going to be the highlight for me anyway, and not seeing my girlfriend if I get the all clear. Uh, from the positive, but yeah, let's get into it then. Um, the 155 at Kempton is the first race we're going to be looking at. It's the Labrooks Quarter Star Novices Chase in memory, memory of Nigel Clark. It's a grade one over three miles. It's only attracted the four runners. Brave Man's Game is your current favourite. He's as short as four to five in some places. Mahoy Senor is next in the betting. He's six to five, 25 to one T Clipper. And Kiltili Briggs is 40 to one in places. I'll come to you here, Mark. We were talking about this one on um the phone earlier today brave man's game i think both of us were quite keen to take him on are you still coming around to that idea i think because there's only four runners it's quite difficult to take either of the two on i senor and their brave man's game but again i think brave man's game could be vulnerable um i only i always senor was, was impressive last time out for the cinder also absolutely hacked up i don't think henry de bromhead ran, ran Ronnie's race um, but it'd be interesting to see how they, they price it up. I know we did discuss uh, T Clipper as the potential value here uh, for one of uh, Paul Callahan's favourite trainers, Tom Lacey. Um, could be a cracking bet maybe to finish in the top two here around five to one, seven to one. Could be massive value if one of the top of the two, um, top of the market, don't perform. I think in, out of the top of the two, Ior Senor and Brave Man's game are probably with the Cinder Russell's runner. I think that one's got more potential. It's very, very impressive last time, but there is question marks over over the course, um, around the flat track and going around the other way. That would be my only concern. So it's one of these races that maybe take a chance on one of the outsiders, maybe to place. Um, I wouldn't go tanking in um, in this race anyway. Yeah, it could be a, a little bit of a, a trappy one. Obviously, the market 
has it as a match. Is that the way you see it, Aziz? Obviously, it looks like it's between Brave Man's game and Ahoy Senor. Who would be your preference? Yeah, I, I agree with Mark. Um, Ahoy Senor was really impressive last time, and I think I'd just side with him over Brave Man's game, um, just because he's had Brave Man's game's number at Aintree um, this year already. So for me... I would side with a hoist in your, but I completely agree that actually in a four runner race where it's clearly going to be quite tactical, Kill T Briggs at 25 to 1 and T Clipper at currently 16 to 1, from what I can see, they're a massive price. Um, the front two have only got to blow each other out, and it could be one of theirs for the taking. Yeah, I, I mean, I personally have concerns over Brave Man's game stepping up in trip. Obviously, this is a is a sharper three miles and it might be easier to get than some courses but I just, I thought that he, if it comes into a into a fight and any of these are on his tail I, I just thought he might get out battled um, and T Clipper for me actually goes very well right handed he's previous course winner I think his worst run in his career when he went this way round is when he came second at Huntington I think he's been round this way three or four times and he's often produced some of his best efforts I thought if he went back to his Chepstow run, I thought you could definitely make a case for him. And he's not miles behind on ratings either, 147, you know. So if if he was to um, brush up his jumping a little bit, obviously he was disappointed in Newbury. I, I thought he was more about an 8-1 to one chance, personally. But uh, I think a, a, a Hoy Senor would be my number one preference with T-Clipper. I think he I think he shouldn't be his price. Anyway, we'll probably um, uh, need to go to the sense of reason. That's Paul Callahan. Um Paul, are we talking a madness here with uh, opposing Brave Man's game, or are you keen on a hoy senor? I'm keen on a hoy senor. Um, I think the race over three miles, I think this race is going to be decided over the first three fences. I think we start, the three miles start with Kempton, is just past the winning post, so the first couple of fences are downhill, slightly downhill, and then you, you swing around to the to the right, Um I think the first couple of fences can be tricky enough. High Senor, Brave Man's game was, was very good at Haydock the last time. It was over 2-5, I think it was. And the time of that race was only a little over a second slower than standard. So the time of the race was pretty, was impre- was as impressive as the performance itself. I'm going to say, but Lucinda Russell's a high senior. Had a tendency to jump right on occasions last time out at Newbury. I think Kempton will suit, but I do think, the, I'd imagine Derek Fox is going to be positive out of the gates. And... Once he doesn't give himself a fright over the first one or two, I think the ditch comes up maybe. I think it's about the second or third fence just before you, you turn into the back straight. I think the first three fences are going to be crucial here. I think the start is going to be crucial. I think Derek Fox will be positive out of the gates. And if he can just get the upper hand or get into a nice rhythm over the first couple of fences without unsettling the high senior, I think he can have the measure of Brave Man's game. I, I think I see what you're saying about you know the likes of T Clipper and Kiltili Briggs, but you know, I, I just wouldn't be having a bet if I was if I was back, Matt, I'd be, be getting involved with a high senior. And I think, you know, the connections very rarely come down south unless they have something that they think. And I think unless they have something to think it's going to be competitive. Um, I think Peter Scudamore, assistant trainer, would be very much in the ear of Lucinda Russell. And, and you know, the connections know exactly the time of day. So, um. Yeah, I think a high senior, but it's the one for me in this one. But I do, I think this race is going to be one. It's over three miles, but I do think this race is going to be one in the first half mile. 
Interesting thoughts there from Paul. So we all in agreement at Hoist and you're hopefully will win the one fifty five at Kempton the quarter start and novices chase and continue his exciting campaign as a novice chaser. We then move to the next race we're going to look at. It's the two thirty at Kempton. It's the Labrooks Christmas Hurdle Grade One. This doesn't look a particularly vintage renewal. It's only attracted a small field. Epiton is your current favourite. She's a shade of odds on in places four to five. Uh, with Bet365 at the current time of recording. She won this race when she burst onto the scene in 2019 and then obviously went on to win the champion hurdle in the same season. The last time we saw her, she dead heated with Not So Sleepy, who's her main market rival here. We've got Tritonic as well. He's thrown in um, after his win at Ascot last weekend when he took a decent handicap. Soren Glory needs to bounce back after a disappointing run at Newbury and then Tom Lacey's glory and fortune has got it all to do at the ratings. So a tricky little puzzle, I thought. But Paul, I'll come to you here first. Is Epton going to be the clear winner this time? Is he gonna? Is she going to be not so sleepy? Yeah, but not a race maybe I'll be having a bet in. But I, I think it's hard to oppose Epton's. You know, she was beaten in this race last year on the back of having won the fighting fifth at Newcastle. Of course, she dead heated in it last time out. Not so sleepy, put in a career best when dead heat with the, with the favourite Epitanda. But if I was having a bet on prices, I'd probably have a, a small wager on Tritonic. It was very impressive in the in the Adonis here at Kempton in his juvenile days. Um was very good last time out. And he just might you know, he could just run outrun his odds. He's around about the ninety two mark. So if I was having a bet Tritonic, but I think the, the market's got it spot on Epitanta won the all of three. Hmm, interesting thoughts there from Paul. Ecton, the most likely winner, but he wouldn't put you off on maybe a saver on Tritonic. Uh, Mark, again, I think we were quite keen to maybe take Epiton on. Um, you, do you want to side with her or would you be a layer? I think 8 to 11 is a bit short, if I'm being honest with you. She's not the 1 to 5 which got turned over last year. She's well beaten last year. Um, was she that impressive? At uh, Newcastle, I'm not so sure. I think not so stupid. I think it's hard to split them again. You get eight to eleven Epiton. I think you're getting around three to one. Not so sleepy. I think Tritonic has a bit to find in the range. Was impressive. Um, potential bounce factor. I think five to one is a bit skinny. Soren Glory as well. Six to one. I think he, he was quite disappointing last time out as well. And I'm not really sure if you have the ra- the race to suit you. I mean, if he goes slowly and kick, he obviously got found out last time. Those sort of tactics. I'd probably have them around six to four, seven to four the pair. Um, so I think not so sleepy's the bet at three to one. That's the value. Yeah, I agree. I think he's maybe a little bit of a shade overpriced, and I think tactics could be really interesting here, especially small field. Kempton, especially I've noticed in the last twelve months or so, it's really suited front runners on the chase and the hurdles track. It's really hard to to come from off the pace, you know. And if something does get an uncontested lead, which could be. Not so sleepy. We've seen yeah. him make all round right handed tracks before. Obviously, he won um, two big, uh, he won uh, two renewals of the big handicap at Ascot uh, on the long walk meeting. Um, if he runs anywhere like near near that standard, surely it could be quite hard to, to peg back. And we saw. I think you'll know quite early on, Chris, as well, because Sword and Glory, not so sleepy track, they're all going to be sitting behind trying to get cover. Is, is what's Glory and Fortune going to do? Is this one going to go forward, be a pacemaker, Tom Lacey's? Um, if that one gets held up, I mean, not so sleepy could potentially get an easy lead up front. I don't think the race will be run to suit for Soren Glory. That's one I can see out the places quite quite comfortably. I think that one's a bit short. It's probably about a 10-1 chance. Um, 
I just think the top two on the bench should be closer together. That's that's what I would price it up anyway. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you there. Izzy, um, what are your thoughts on this race? Um, I like Epitan. I just have this feeling that she, n- not to discredit the run from Not So Sleepy last time, um, but I just have a feeling that she will come out of the race better than him. And I think she'll come on for the run a little bit more. So I think the market has it right in having um, that gap between them. I'm likewise... Soaring Glory was very disappointing last time at Newbury. Um, and then Tritonic. Now, obviously, Tritonic ran really well in its last race. It had been a bit disappointing in a couple of starts before that at Cheltenham. Um, but the last time it ran at Ascot, it did get that really strong pace. And, you know, it was quite a fast run, uh, one mile seven. I just, I don't know whether it will go all Tritonic's way in this race. So I'd just be a little bit concerned that it might be a bit more tactical. Like you said, there might be a few kind of hold-up style. So it's if Gloria and Fortune goes out and potentially sets a fast pace, it might be it might work out in the favour of Tritonic. Um, but I think Nico won't be letting Epitant... I can't imagine Nico would be letting Epitant get too far back based on the last finish um, and Epitant having to fight back against not so sleepy so I just don't think that I don't think that Nico will want to end up in that position again um and I think he'll have hopefully have it have any moves covered that's what I would imagine will happen yeah I don't think you're going to be want to be too far back I think this could be quite a messy race might go quite slow as well you know it, it could turn into a messy race and who knows, maybe we could get a surprise result once again. So interesting thoughts there on the Christmas hurdle from the panel. We then move to the big one. It's the big one of Boxing Day. It's the 305, the Labrooks, King George, the Thick Chase. is a grade one. And current favourite at the time of recording is Clan Dezovo. He's going for his third win in the race. We've got Minello Indo as well. He's second favourite. We've got last year's winner, Frodon. Chantry House as well. He he could be the uh, the progressive horse in the race and some other interesting Irish opposition. Um, I'll come to you here first, Izzy. What were your thoughts on this year's King George? My first thoughts upon seeing the market was how is Frodo on five to one? Um, I st- I just think after that run at Down Royal, Frodo has a little piece of my heart. Um, and obviously as well, it won this race last year. Now I know it's got to basically start to get into the record books because not many horses win the race back to back. But I just think that the relationship between Bryony and Frodon is amazing. I just think that also we know that Paul Nichols likes to get them ready for the King George. It's a race he likes to win. Um, obviously he's got Clander's oboe in it, but I just, it, you're obviously looking at, it's coming out. It's not had a run since April. Um, that's a lot to ask of it, I feel. But, you know, you, you never know. You don't like to write out. It's obviously the favourite. But the other runner for me that uh, sort of took my eye is Asterion Falange. So Asterion Falange, I have a real tumultuous relationship with this horse because every time I seem to back in, he either falls or runs seats. And then the one time I'm not on him, he won. So um, 
uh, there's a real love-hate relationship going on. But he's up in trip. If if he stands, I think he'll be in with a good chance, actually. So at six to one, I think that's not bad odds. But I personally will be on Frodon. I just think that if there's a year where Frodon's shown that he's capable of doing this back-to-back, it's this year. Yeah, I, I actually agree with you. I think he's the most likely winner of the race. I, I can't understand his price. It's six to one I'm looking with some some places. I really think that's that's too big. I, I, I honestly think he should be three to one co-favourite for this race. Like I was saying earlier, I think that if he gets an easy lead, which I think he could do, there's not much pace in this race. It could just be hard to peck back. Like I said earlier, so many front runners on the chase course. Uh, have been winning from the front and nothing's been coming from the back and we've seen this in recent King George's we saw it last year Thistlecrack as well he was able to dominate his way from the front when winning I think if you get into a good rhythm which we know Frodon can there's not there's not a lot of ground between your fences to to, to make up you know so so if he if he can get into a good rhythm like he did last year I, I think he's massively Oh, uh, overpriced and yeah I, I think I think he honestly is a good thing for this race I really do he probably would be my best bet for, for Christmas but that's me maybe just being <laughs> maybe a little bit uh, optimistic but I thought he had solid credentials uh, Paul I'll come to you here on this one um, obviously me and Izzy quite sweet on the chances of Frodon did you think he had a good chance or were you looking elsewhere yeah I'd agree I think at around six to one, I think he's cracking value. Certainly wouldn't buy anyone off having a, a small wager on Froden. Slight question mark would be not so much back winning back to back King George's, but um, if how much of a mark of any that race that Dan Royal is left on, that would be my only slight concern. But it's, you know, he's as game as you like. Rioni Frost gets a gets a hell of a tune out of him. Um, Clandesobo short enough round about three to one, two from two in cheek pieces. Won this race back in 18 and 19, but you'd be looking for a, a bit of something at bigger prices. So Froden definitely would be top of that list. But a horse who was almost, I think, was he vying for favouritism in this race last year? Come back to form without having the wow factor at Ascot last time out is lost in translation. I thought he was good, as I said, without for me, to, you know, he didn't blow you away to what he, what he was kind of coming into this race last year. But, um, I'd love to see him being able to build on that and, and you know, take another step forward and, and show something like what he did when he, he won at, wasn't it, Haydock, first time out and what, what he was like in his novice days. And I just think at 14 to 1, I absolutely loved the horse. He was, he, that year, I thought he was, I tipped him out. I thought he would go and beat him. I thought he would go on and, and win maybe the, the King George and the Gold Cup after his winning the Bet Fair at Haydock. So at 14 to 1, for me, he's just too big to ignore. So, it's a slight case of the heart ruling head, but I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with loss in translation. Yeah, interesting thoughts there from Paul. It'd be interesting to see how he gets on lost in translation. Obviously, he did return to form uh, when he won uh, the 1965 chase at Ascot last time out. I was just maybe concerned about the step up and trip. I, I actually think his best form personally is maybe over the two two mile five, and maybe they should have a go at Ryanair this year, but. Maybe, but the only thing I'd say with last year, early on in the race, um, and, and kind of would have nothing to do with, with, with the trip, was on the landing side of the first couple of fences, you could see Robbie Power was on him, and you could see Robbie having to niggle him. 
you know, if you watch the race back, Robbie's lower body, you can see his, his knees bending, his lower legs coming back, and he's actually having to squeeze and kick him along. And that was only after going two or three furlongs. You know, he just never, he just never carried him. Like, um, he will need to step up on the, on that victory at Aspect. You know, he's going to have to show something like his old form. Um, you know, he, he 14 to 1, I still think, is, is a bit of value for that. I just don't think the Tizard horses, including himself, lost the translation, they were firing at all. And, and as I said, if, for anyone who, who is interested or has a chance to go back and watch that race last year in the King George, you know, if you watch Robbie Powers from the knee down, his lower leg, if they, there's a loop in the race, the horse never carried him a stride. Um, and that was only after two or three furlongs. So, you know, you, you couldn't you couldn't confidently put a put a line through that. Or, you know, you couldn't confidently say, geez, that was a trip or what have you. Um, he was just beaten. The run was just too bad to be true. Yeah, so lost in translation and he's going to be hoping it's third time lucky. Uh, in the King George for uh, his supporters. Uh, Mark, come to you here on your thoughts. I know we were both quite keen on Frodon. Have you changed your mind? I think it's it, it's difficult to disagree with anything, uh, Paul. And as he said, I think uh, Frodon he looks the likely front runner here. My only concern would be Chantry House. I mean, is this are they going to cut each other up, or is he going to take a, a pull in behind? But again. I mean, six to one looks looks a fair price because four runs at Kempton, three wins, fell one time, still in contention. I just think six to one's a massive price. I think Clan is almost too short at three to one. Um, I could see that one drifting. I could easily see Frodon maybe going off favourite, second favourite here quite comfortably. Manila Window, um, obviously ran against Frodon last time. Frodon had that that card marked. Asturian Falange. Um, actually laid Alaho in that race and I thought Aston Valange was absolutely cantering but again can this one be trusted I mean, if they go a, a proper gallop can this one's jump and be t- trusted lost in translation I backed this one when I was with Loder at um, Ascot's my nap maybe a slight concern over the trip and again I agree completely with what Paul said about the Tizard form he completely write, write them off and Robbie was over I mean none of them were running well whatsoever Um if he if he manages to stay and is travelling well, we two three out. I mean, fourteen to one is a massive price. I mean, I'd, I'd much rather be on Muslim translation at fourteens than say a story in Falonger and thirteen to two. I mean, I've seen about six to one there. I mean, I can't believe that horse is the same price as Frodon. Um, I think Frodon and Lost in Translation are the value here each way. I think Clan de Zobos probably a lay. I mean, I think you could get that one out of three. Could be a place lay. Hmm. Interesting thoughts there from Mark. So we all agree that Frodon. Is probably our most likely winner. I mean, if, if any bookmakers are paying extra places, you've got to back it. If they're paying four or five places, you've got to back it six to one. So yeah, the, the, I think Sky Better going four places. So six think, to one, fold on four places. Yeah, I, I think. Yeah, he, he he doesn't. He's never. Well, I, he's haven't fallen for a, a long time. So you know he's gonna hopefully at least complete. And if he does stand up, you gotta say he's gotta be in the first three. Mm-hmm. Surely, but um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how how the market reacts on the day. So they're the the three main races at Kempton we're going to be covering. We then go across the RSC now to the Leopardstown for two twenty for one of their feature races on the card. There, it's the Grade One Racing Post Novice Chase. An interesting contest. We've got Fernie Hollow in here. He's going to be taking on Riviere Detail, Cornelius uh, Mayor. Um, Mark, I'll come back to you here. Who did you like in this one? I think Fernie Hall looks very difficult to beat. I mean, Mullinger, 46% strike rate at the moment. Won the champion bumper, being appreciated. Obviously, he hacked up at Cheltenham in the Supreme. 
won well against Bob Ollinger at Gowan Park, holds course sublime on form. I mean, I think, I think this thing, I think 10 to 11, 5 to 4 could be value here. I think I can't see course sublime uh, turning the form around. Riviera, the talent, what, what did this one actually beat? That'd be my question mark. Four-year-old, I mean, it's getting a bit of weight, uh, a bit of stone, but I think Fernie Hall is definitely, definitely the one to be here. It's a class above this lot. Interesting. I just remember this race having a few surprises in the past. I, I actually thought Course Sublime was actually a little bit over overpriced. Um, uh, I can understand why people would want to side with Fernie Holly. Obviously, he's got the, the progressive profile. Course Sublime, obviously, has been a very in-and-out horse. But I thought his chase debut was quite an encouraging run. First run of the season. He can go well fresh, and maybe that was his peak for I see a little Fernie while. Hall just going out in front and making all putting them into the ground like a Fohina or a Duvan performance, just running them in at the ground. That's how I see this one unfolding. Yeah, the only thing you would say, though, he does have to give quite a, way, uh, a lot of weight away to, to the to the filly. To the um, Elliot horse. But then how yeah. would you play it, though? Would you just back the bottom one or would you, would you leave Fernie Hollis? I think, what would you do? Because I think that's the only horse got running for you here. Or mm. the fences. Yeah, it, it's probably not a betting, a betting race, really. It's probably one to keep the powder dry. But from... A personal opinion. I don't know. I just thought Fernie Hollow could be a little bit vulnerable. Sometimes Ronnie Marlins, I remember he's had a few hot pots beaten at this meeting. I remember when uh, Shakam Poissois was running here and got nailed foot pad. Was it the uh, nailed here? He's had a couple in. Oh, yeah. well, the other week, 14's on. Yeah, yeah, they, they're not immune to, to, to getting beat. But yeah, it's quite a trappy little race. But like you say, Fernie Hollow, probably from a form pick, has got maybe more to come. But really, did so like it, it looks on paper, uh, the the one that's gonna give him most to think about. Um, I'll come to you here, Izzy Rivia Detail. Did you did you quite like the chances of her, or did you like Fernie Hollow? Um, I think Fernie Hollow will win. Um, just looking at the form, I think you know I very much agree with Mark. The only concern which you've already mentioned is is that weight Riviera de Tell is getting a massive amount of weight um if you go back to um the run at Cheltenham where you know she was running against um some pretty good horses in that one you've got like Nasalam you've got um Sage Advice you know pretty decent race um she struggled and she came seventh. And then the last couple of, of races, she hasn't beaten an awful lot, as Mark mentioned. So you've, I just don't know. I think, look, she looks really well off at the weights, um, but you, I like Fernie Hollow, and I think Fernie Hollow has already got the number of course sublime. So it's, yeah, it's just the weight. So it's whether that weight will tell um, and whether you know, Riviera de Tell really benefits from it. Yeah, that, 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 that is the key difference, but you're going to side with Fernie Hollow. Yeah. Cool. So Izzy then makes it two votes for Fernie Hollow. Paul, are we going full house, Fernie Hollow? Nope. Ooh. I'm going to side with Gardnellius River, Riviera de Tell. She's three from three over fences. She's popped rounds. She might have beaten much, but her, she beat Cape Gentleman two starts while punches down. But overall, the, the times of her races are pretty pretty respectable, albeit like six, seven runner fields. 
But um, I think the benefit of having them two runs more than Fernie Hollow, I think we might just see the benefit. Well, I'm going to take a chance at the prices that we might just see the benefit of that experience. Connections with Willie Mullins with all that, that his firepower, you know, knows what he has here. He sent him straight over fences. He didn't waste, didn't hang about over hurdles. Um, clearly thinks that fences will, will bring out the, the best in Bernie Hollow and there's not much point in waiting. So, you know, he's obviously quite a, a forward individual. And um, But I just think come the business end of things, if you're on River, if you're on Riviera to tell, if you're Jack Kennedy, you'd definitely be looking to put it up to Bernie Hollow in the last half mile, if you can, if, you've got the, the, if you have the engine underneath you. That, that's, you know, come the last half mile when the horses are starting to get a bit tired, um, if you're Jack Kennedy, you'd, you'd want to be keeping the revs up on keeping the pressure on, on Fernie Hollow. So just with, with the benefit of them, a couple of runs more than Fernie Hollow, I'm going to say with Gordon Elliott's Riviera Town. Mm, interesting clash of opinions then on the panel at Leopardstown. We're going to look at the other grade one chase in Ireland, novice chase in Ireland on Boxing Day, which is coming from Limerick. And this looks an interesting little affair. It's the Boyle Sports, which Paul obviously will know well. It's the Boyle Sports Fahim Novice's Chase. It's a grade one. And Farouk Delen is your current favourite. Gabby Anako is at five to two. And Vanillier, an old favourite of the podcast, is next in the bet. And he's seven to two. And then bigger the rest. And because we've got one of the Boyle Sports men on the podcast, I'll come to him first. Paul, obviously you're sponsoring the race. Um, what's going to win it? Yeah, the uh, the Boyle Sports Fahim Novice Chase goes to post the two party uh, on Sunday afternoon at Limerick with the sites. Um I'm gonna say with Vanillier for Gavin Cromwell, Jody McGarvey and Jockey Bookins, you'd think that Gabinaco is the, the first choice. I don't trust Gabinaco. He's a horse that I tipped up last year as a horse to follow for the season. I seen him finish he placed in a novice hurdle on a con- under Connor Maxwell at Punchestown. It was his first start over hurdles in October 2020. And I thought then, definitely as well, stepping up and trip, that he, he would be a horse to follow and you just wouldn't know where he'd end up. But no matter what grade, there's no disrespect to Gavin Yako and, you know, he'd probably make a fool out of me now come Sunday afternoon. But I just think he'd find the, the best way of getting beat that he can. You know, the last day he, he was going well, albeit... It was a good race the last day, but his jumping seemed to go to pot in the closing stages. Um, so Vanillier, he's won from two over fences so far. He, of course, he was the winner of the Albert Bartlett at the festival last March. The drop back to two miles, three and a half, won't suit. But I guess in Gavin Apple, he'll make it an honest gallop from the, the front under Darrow Keith. And um, I'm just going to take a chance at the prices on Vanillier. Mm, interesting then. Uh, from Paul, he quite likes the chances of Vanillier. Um, Izzy, I'll come back to you here. Um, who did you like in the Fahin chase? When I was looking at this originally, Beacon Edge was still in here. Um, and I really, really like the, the chances of Beacon Edge. So I've had to reevaluate. I think Farouk Delane looks pretty good, pretty good here. Um, I agree with Paul. I just don't trust Gavin Yako. Um, don't tell me why. I just feel exactly the same. Um, I was quite surprised to see um, Vanillier in here. I just feel like it might be... I feel for him it looks like he's wanting to go maybe up in trip rather than back down. But um, obviously I'm not a trainer. I don't know. So 
you know, could completely come out here and prove me wrong. Um, but one other that I was looking at, and last time out was third to Bob Ollinger, albeit quite distant third to Bob Ollinger, is um, Master McShee. I just wonder whether at 10, I've got a 10 to 1 here. It's a pretty good price and could perform well. So that's my one to keep an eye on, but I fancy Fruit Delane. Uh, I've got some news for you, Izzy. There are 20s with some on Master oh. McShee. And doesn't he have some form of appreciate? Uh, yes, he does. I remember, yeah. I remember, I remember backing him last year when he when he won um, at Leopardstown. Master McShee he landed a gamble in a handicap. <clears throat> and, I think if you can forgive that run at Punchestown, it's the form's not too bad. He went off eight to one second favourite against Appreciate it at Leopardstown in that race, the Fahama Novice Hurdle. Could have found, I think you found one there, is he? 25 to 1 available. Fill your boots. <laughs> Eight runners as well. Yeah, it, it's definitely, you have to say, uh, looks like maybe the, the each way play in the race. But, Mark, did you find him before Izzy said about him? Or? Izzy, Izzy found it first, but I'm definitely going to be jumping on the bandwagon here. How will we bet each way? Um, like, I think Gavin Yako threw it away last time. God knows what price that one traded and running. I think that could be another one. I think he could be two or three clear. Maybe jump in the second last or the last. And he could still get beat and chuck it away. He could be one to get in running here. I was quite keen on Vanillier. Um, does anybody know, what's, what's the story with Johnny Moore at the moment? I've not seen him riding for Gavin Cromwell. Maybe Paul, Paul Callahan. Is he not riding at the moment? Or is he injured? Yeah, I think he's riding a bit. He's best now with Anthony McCann. All right, okay, okay. Because see, we had, we had Johnny on the podcast before. He, Vanilla obviously gave us a right good turn, and Johnny spoke very positively about Vanilla. Is again, like, even for is he? Why are they stepping him this one back down in trip? He has one over this trip before. I mean, he was very very impressive. The punches down two mile six, stepping down in trip here, and he's absolutely hacked up at Cheltenham over two mile seven, um, back down to two mile three. I mean, if they go, if they go fast, I mean, this one will stay. Um, four to one looks a good price. I mean, I'd rather be on Vanilli at four to one than Gavin Yako around two to one ninety four, and uh, certainly wouldn't put anyone off Master McShee as well at twenty five to one. And um, looking through the form there, I mean, that one could easily nick a place here. That'd probably be the two of play Vanilli and Master McShee against the field. Mm, looks like we've got a bit of uh, opinion then in, in this race, uh, covering a, a few different angles, and it'd be interesting to see how we go on. Maybe we got the tricast there, the fruit to then. Vanillier and uh, and uh, Master McShee, the, the one of the outsiders of the field. That's it then for Boxing Day's action. We're just going to have a quick look as well at the Welsh Grand National. It falls on Monday. It's a 250, the Coral Welsh Grand National Handicap Chase. And Secret Reprieve is going for back-to-back -back wins in the race. Um, obviously, we don't know the full field at the time recording, but it's likely he's going to turn up if he's all A1. Um, I know you were very sweet on him last year, Mark. Do, do you think he, he can uh, win the race again? I'm actually opposing this one. And I remember when he did win, that was the day that uh, Paul Callahan banged in that 66-1 winner in the Lanzarote. Is that right? Was it, I'm sure, um, yeah, yeah, it was the same day, wasn't it? 66-1 and 5-1 in the double. The 300-1 double. Yeah, because they rearranged the meeting because uh, it was cancelled last year. 
Yeah. Yeah, I remember. I remember Callan calling me. After. I had to keep funny. track of my winners, hey. Yeah, yeah. I remember you called me. It was kind of funny, you know. There were good times, you know. But there's one. Um, there's one I like in this race at a price. Um, another rider we've actually had on the podcast spoke quite positively. Robbie Power spoke quite positively about this Gordon Intley, uh, for Jesse Hyde and Gavin Sheen takes the right. He was uh, pretty sweet on this one's chances. Um, at Cheltenham and Punchestown last time out, I mean, it wasn't didn't run that well. Um, but again, I think this one can be competitive, and obviously Jesse Harrington sending one over shouldn't be sending one over for for nothing. I think this one will stay the trip as well. I mean, he's he's off one three eight here. I'm not sure what what the UK handicap or probably given one fifty probably being you know what they normally like with Irish horses. But if he can get in around one forty, I think he can be competitive here. He's about twenty five to one currently um, in the bang. We'll handle the soft. This one will stay as well. Gavin Shane's a, a good jockey booking as well, so that that'll be my one. Um, that will play against the field here. I think Secret of Peace are a strange one. I mean, you've got Chris Loder's favourite jockey, Adam Wedge, on it. I mean, this one, you'd assume Chris Loder's favourite jockey, Adam Wedge, will ride this one. So he's either going to hack up or he's going to be tailed off, isn't he? So I wouldn't even touch that one. Uh, so Mark's then, he's going to avoid it. It is... Uh... Is winning that from the Welsh National last year, Secret Reprieve, and he quite likes the chances of discordant. Like, he does have Native a... Rivers the strange one. Sorry, Scrooge. Native Rivers the strange one in the race because Native River pulls out. Obviously, the weights are going to look completely different, but because he's so far clear in rings and he's carrying 11, 12, everyone's carrying a featherweight, so it might open it up at the bottom of the handicap. Yeah, yeah. Well, that that that's that's the key point I was going to make. It, 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 the race does revolve around Native River. Discordant he's actually got a rating of one hundred and forty. Whatever happens. Um, so, Off ten stone, I think got, got a chance. Gavin so, on board. Yeah, Gavin already booked. You know, like he's he's been a horse I I followed a couple of times last season, and you, you feel like he is going to win one of these staying races at some point. But it's just going to be when you the money's you haven't got your money down on it. He's going to be he's one of those kind of horses that we we all, all have. Um, we normally have a bucket full of them. Uh, to be honest with you, and it's very rare that we do pick the winner. Uh, in these kind of races, but hopefully we can. Uh, Izzy, have you got any thoughts on this race? Um, I think with it being obviously announced today that it's gonna it's gonna be Native Rivers last season. I'd love to see him go really well in this, and I think he will. I think he'll just bowl along, and he jumps well. So if you look at that last race at Aintree, three <coughs> finishes, and obviously one of them's Native River. You know, you can't, you just can't knock the bravery of the horse. He's just fantastic. So I'd love to see him go well. One that I've um, spoken about before is Deshaba. Oh, had a really, really hard race at Sandown um, against Highland Hunter. So never got out a second, but it was so close. Um, and I think as long as he's not, as long as you're not too tired from that run, I think he'll run well. So, native weather in Deshaba for me. Interesting there from Izzy. Can Deshaba finally get his moment in the sun? He's been knocking on the door in quite a few big races, but like quite a few of these, you feel like their turn will come one day, but is it going to be his turn? Uh, Paul, you've got the final say on this race. Um, have you got our banker of uh, of Christmas in here? I'm going to say with the Peter Fahey train, the big dog, he is another one with a handy weight of 10 stone 7 if things stay as they are. There's not that many 
as you said, the decks haven't been, final decks aren't true yet, so there's not that many jocked up, but he's one that is. Johnny Brooks already has his name beside the big dog. So you'd imagine this could have been a longer term project if we work back from from Monday's date. Um, he was well beaten in a hurdle race at Navin last time out and was, to be fair, was disappointing over fences at Wexford the time before on season reappearance. Wexford's quite a sharp left-handed track, so he may just have a preference for a more galloping track. Um, you know, he finished off last season with victory in the Grand National Trial at Punchestown back in February. And he should relish this test here. And if he does, I think he'll play a big hand here. So it's the big dog for me. Okay, the big dog it is then for Poe. Um, Mark was quite keen on the chances of discordantly. And Izzy is quite hopeful with Daisha Abba finally getting his breakthrough win. So that's uh, the thoughts on the races we're going to be covering. Obviously, plenty of racing as well across the next few days up and down the country. Um, I'll go around the panel and see if they've got anything else of note they want uh, want to mention. I'll come to you first. Paul, is there anything elsewhere over Christmas? If you've got a couple of minutes to condense it down to, um, you want to touch on? I'll go to Down Royal for the, the bumper, the 3.25 on Sunday. The Stuart and Ben Crawford partnership, they're teaming up here with the Flyer Begley who was placed on his last couple of starts and he's currently best priced at the time of recording at 4-1. to one. I don't think we go off at 4-1 to one come Sunday afternoon. So he was placed behind a couple of decent horses in his, his last two starts on the rules. He was second last time out at Punchestown at the beginning of December behind the horse of Paul Nolans. He was well beaten now. He was beaten around about 15 lengths by the winner. Before that, he was third behind Ginto. He was beaten a little over 12 lengths by Ginto. But should find life a little bit a little bit easier in the 335 at Dun Royal. And I think he's currently best price at four to one. I don't think he'll go off at fours, but as things stand at the moment, I think that's uh, that represents a bit of value for me. So the flyer begley the three thirty five at Dun Royal on Sunday. Okay, lovely stuff. And Izzy, how about you? Is there anything else you you want to touch on? I've been having a little look at Kempton in the last let me just get the time of that one. Um, where am I? So Kempton, the last race was at the 3.40. I quite like out of the Cotswolds. I'm obviously always a Tristan Davis follower. So it's got Zach Baker on board taking um, three off because he is top weight for his last couple of runs. So just, I think, a good one there. Currently, I've got it five to one, but I see my odds seem to be a little bit out. So... Um, I think some good value. Yeah, that form's been boosted. And Sam uh, obviously was a big winner last weekend for Evan Williams. So good luck to that form. And he has definitely been progressing well. So maybe a bit more to come from Earl of the Cotswolds. And Mark, uh, last but not least, uh, anything else for Christmas? They're, um, a late Christmas gift for all the listeners on Boxing Day. Bumper, the 310 at Sedgefield, the Donald McCain horse. Sweet a burn. Uh, Brian Hughes takes a ride. This one's this one's been working well. Um, I think this one will be difficult to beat. One is point to point quite well. On the 9th of October, MRI, uh, won very, very easily. I think this one will take a, a hell of a beating. We really like this one. So it looks a really weak race as well. It looks very difficult to beat. Is that a favourite? It is, yeah. It looks difficult to beat. 
Hmm. Interesting that uh, we've got two selections in, in bumpers from all the racing. We've got handicaps, graded races. It's two two bumpers that uh, that the lads have gone for. Um, usually be okay, loader. Usually bang a few in. Yeah, from a from a weight and form perspective, back to normal kind of racing. Um, don't get paid for these bumpers, loader. Yeah, I, I thought um in the two ten at Weatherby, uh in the in the Roland Merrick handicap chase, Fort Windsor Avenue had a chance. Now I, I I'm probably late to the party here. Um he's a horse that I've had on my radar a few times during his career, but I've not really backed him too much over the last couple of years. Um but I thought his random off time out, Banger on V was very good behind Snow Leopardess, Snow Leopardess, who he had to give £8 to. Obviously, Snow Leopardess went on to win the Beecher Chase. That's got a good form uh, line to it. Black Lion, as well, was in that race, finished in fifth. Um, he he went on to win a veterans race at Haydock. So the form looks pretty good. He finished fourth in this race last year, or third in this race last year, Windsor Avenue. He was off a £3 higher mark. He's got Nathan Mosscrop on claiming free, so he's a little bit better treated at the weight. The more rain, the better for him. There's going to be rain forecast. And I just thought, I think you can get eight to one in, in some places. I thought that was more than fair. And um, I do think that this horse will win a good race. And I, I'm hoping it can be the day. So thanks for listening uh, once again this week. Hopefully uh, we can give you some winners. I hope you enjoy the Christmas period as well. And take time to recharge the batteries with your loved ones but also as well before we sign off please remember to follow us on whatever podcast platforms you listen to us on whether it's spotify uh soundcloud or apple also as well follow us on social media on twitter where we're at in the saddle pod thanks again for paul izzy and mark for giving up their time hopefully we can give you some winners this week and we'll be seeing you again soon (laughs) 